Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Anyone could have predicted that a crowd would form when the state's top Democratic vote-getter, Jesse White, finally decided not to run for Illinois Secretary of State this time. There's still some comings and goings, but the primary field will be a healthy one. And this weekend, we're going to hear from Chicago Alderman David Moore, who has some ideas of how he would like to put that office into effect if he becomes the next Secretary of State. Uh, Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. David Moore has been a Chicago alderman since February of 2015. He's an accountant by training and is also an experienced community organizer, and he's lived in the 17th Ward for four decades. He lives in the Englewood community now. Moore has been making a name for himself as an outspoken advocate for his community, and he also spearheaded the renaming of Lakeshore Drive to honor Jean-Baptiste Pont du Sable. But now he's running for higher office, the post of Illinois Secretary of State. We hope to talk about all of that and more in this half hour. We are conducting the interview via Zoom. Uh, David Moore, welcome. Thank you so much, Greg. It's good to see you. Good to see you, too, even if it is virtually. Uh, right, well, right. <laughs> you're certainly well known in the uh, city council and the city of Chicago in general, the 17th Ward in particular, but uh, statewide, probably less so. So tell me how a Chicago alderman would be a good choice to head the office that probably has more employees than any other state agency. Believe it or not, um, I have a lot of relationships across the state. As you know, I am the only candidate who announced um, from downstate. I announced from West Illinois University in Macomb, where I went to college. The reason why I announced from Macomb is because of the relationships that I developed across the state um, while I was in college, but also while I worked in uh, Fortune 500 companies living in the Quad Cities um, for about a year and a half. And so the relationships that I developed at Western from, I mean, from Pekin, Morris, um, East St. Louis, all across the state, Danville, um, I still have a lot of those relationships um, across the um, state of Illinois. And so uh, I may not be known to the whole state of Illinois, but in every pocket of this state, Um, There's someone of um, some type of influence or someone who's involved in that community um, that knows um, David Moore. And so also working with Reverend Clay Evans throughout the years with the many pastors um, throughout the um, um, state, um, having the support of um, 
the um, um, national and the state president, um, uh, Reverend Stephen Thurston, all of that helps a lot. And so um, I, 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 again, although you don't know everybody, I didn't know everybody in my ward when I ran. <laughs> so you'll never know everybody, every individual, but you know enough people to have some people to speak on your behalf and um, to help give you that um, um, seat at the table and get it out there. So from that standpoint, um, that's how I know that, you know, we can be competitive out there. And it's something that's unmistakable in your background. You've been involved in elections and politics pretty much since you were a child. Um, what are the lessons that you've learned along the way that would help guide you if you are elected to this office? Absolutely. That is a very good question, Greg. You know what that lesson is? Is that you don't need all big names. You don't need all the money. Um, you don't need all the endorsements. You need to just listen and reach out to the people. Uh, I, I've learned that from when I was 11 years on and up. Uh, people think, unfortunately, that people don't have their own minds to think about who they want to vote for. People listen to other people, but they make up their own minds because they're very educated voters. And it's about us reaching out and, and, and especially a person like me and touching those people. When people hear me speak, when they hear my story, when they hear my passion, um, we win that, we win that all the time. And so I learned that um, I, I, even in running for alderman, when I, I, I didn't, I don't think I had, the only major endorsement I had um, were from Reverend Clay Evans and from Commissioner Larry Rogers Jr. and my own godmother, Betty Magnus, um, and no one else. Um, didn't have a lot of money, um, but your work speaks for itself. And, and, and that's what this is about. So that's that that's that's the lesson that I learned. And, and you don't have no fear. You just talk to the people. You tell the truth, and and you be honest. But be able to also impact and and make change. What made you want this job versus the one that you have and that you did, you know, overcome the odds to to win? Thank you again for that question, Craig. And for me, everybody know, and I don't run from it. I'm a very spiritual person. Um, I don't move in my life unless God tells me to move. Um, we, at every city council meeting, we pray. At every event, people pray. And people don't understand God, the same God that um, spoke to um, Moses, the same um, God that spoke um, to Abraham, and, 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 and definitely the same God that spoke to Noah to tell him to build an ark when there was no water at all, is the same God that still exists. So I love what I do. I am doing my dream job. I thought I would, I, 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 I tell people, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. I figured I would do about three or four terms as alderman or have a God have me here. And I was going to, you know, um, retire uh, from, from this seat. And because this is my, this is my dream um, position that I was doing this for free. So they're, they're basically paying me for what I was doing for free in my community um, anyhow. And so when, when you tell God what you're going to do, and then he makes you uncomfortable and, and gives you another direction, you go in that direction um, and trusting him. And that's what I'm doing. I, I, this run is about, it's a faith run for me, following him, but at the same time, um, listening and following his guidance about um, the importance of making sure that young people and regular folks like me um, who got in this seat, um, whether it was by my hard work 
or by people just really trying and care, letting other young people know that they can do that and not get fearful because they feel that they don't have millions of dollars or because they don't have this person behind them or that person behind them. I'm just, I just want every average person throughout this state, every young person especially, to know that. And so that's what this is about for me. Um, I, I am happy doing what I am at, as alderman of the 17th Ward. Um, I have a great relationship with all of my constituents. Um, uh, I, 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 I work hard, but it's also my passion. It's my play. Even when I take a day off, I'm still at work. And so, cause I love it just that much. And so this for me is just moving in the direction that God is telling me to move so that I can be a good servant to not only him, but to the people that he want me to serve. The secretary of state's office is a, is a job that seems to be all about customer service and something that, well, Chicago older persons uh, know a lot about, but how do you keep the standards up that uh, Jesse White worked so hard to to establish there? How do you keep the, the work going on? Absolutely. For me, I have a history. You said I started out when I was young. It was actually when I was 11. And one of the first persons I met that really encouraged me about public service was Harold Washington when he was running for um, Congress. He was a state senator at the time. And I, my uncle took me to this breakfast with me at 13 at the uh, Roberts Motel on 6th and King Drive. And Harold Washington talked about the importance of young people being involved and making a difference in their community. On that same point, um, my uncle, who's a week apart the night from me, we're one week apart, He's one week older than I am. He's born on February the 14th, on February the 21st. He was a tumbler. And so he ended up being one of Jesse White tumblers. And so I would go with him at times. And, 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 and Secretary White, he wasn't the secretary at that time, but would talk about the importance and always encouraging um, young people. And over the years, um, Secretary White has done that. As a matter of fact, everybody that is raised, I am the only one in 1998 that circulated petitions for Secretary White um, to get elected because it was one of those persons that poured into me and I believed in him. So to answer your question, it's easy. You know why? Because I'm standing on his shoulder. I'm, I'm not filling his shoes. I'm standing on his shoulders. And as Reverend Clay Evans taught me as I was coming up, who was one of my advice, he said, when you're standing on our shoulders, you should be even look, you should be able to look higher and look further. And that's what I've been able to do as alderman. And I'll do the same thing as Secretary of State to make sure that not only we um, um, improve on what he has done, but also um, elevate it. Um, I tell people when I, as you asked mentioned, I got a degree in accounting, but I also had a major in operations management. And I was a fan of Jerron Ishikawa. Uh, um, and he said, and I learned early on, if it ain't broke, break it, find out why it's not breaking and improve on that. And that's, and that's, how I, that's the approach that I've taken, um, um, not only when I was in corporate America, but even as an alderman, but also as um, uh, I will as Secretary of State. When Jesse White took over as Secretary of State, in some ways, the, the office was broken, at least in the sense of corruption that existed there. And uh, a lot of work has gone by to try and keep that out. How do you continue to keep that out? Because let's face it, the Secretary of State's office deals in a service, but it's in some ways it's a product. Those licenses are valuable and people want them. So there is a temptation to do something to make it easier for people to get those licenses. 
How do you keep that kind of temptation and that type of corruption from happening? Easy. It's one of the first things that I said when I um, came out. Same thing I do as an alderman. Transparency, transparency, transparency. This seat and every seat belongs to the people. There isn't anything. No one can walk off the street. I don't care who they are in my ward and say, open the books. What you doing with their menu? What you doing with this that I would not show them? I would never say, who are you? Why are you asking? You don't even have to do a FOIA request. What do you want to see? You, what, you, what are my employees making? What do you want to see? It's complete transparency. And I believe that I also be, uh, I'm one of the persons probably other than Nick Spasato that works closely with the inspector general at, uh, at City Hall. I want you to always come in. I want you looking. I want you to see what uh, may be wrong or what we could be doing better. I always want you to do that because when you're dealing with people as a whole, you're not going to be able to watch everybody I hawk. You know your integrity. You know your character. You know what you have pushed um, to establish, even with your workers. But at any, whether it's in corporate America or in the public sector, any individual can go astray. And what you want to do is always have transparency and welcome the people, but also people like the inspector general or anybody else looking to make sure you're always doing the right things for the people. And I know one of the things that you've been talking about lately has been about doing things somewhat differently and it, innovation. Uh, you're a proponent of digital license plates. Yes. Explain what that would be. So, uh, so, so right now we use a um, regular plate. Digital plates are plates that um, you can either run by app or by battery. They're being um, used right now in um, Florida, Florida. Uh, California, California, Arizona, and Michigan, and Florida, and Phoenix have all, are, right, are, right, are right now piloting it. And so on these digital license plates, you can automatically, not, not only renew, automatically renew your stickers, um, but also, um, which wouldn't be a sticker, but it's just an automatic renewal of your, um, of your registration, should I say. And then, but it also, if you are a person who we're dealing with carjacking, your car is stolen, it can automatically pop up car stolen. Another thing, when we talk about revenue, and, and when I'm going across the state, and, and, and even just in my own community, people talking about keeping these costs down, is that un, we're losing money at the um, state level on uninsured motorists. And so you only find uninsured motorists when, when there's an accident or they happen to get pulled over and, and, and you find out they're not um, insured. Where these digital plates will flash that it's an uninsured motorist and the police or the state troopers or anybody can get these people off the street quickly or get them in compliance so that we can bring that revenue in. And so the digital license place is, 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 is advanced technology that's being used. Um, and right now, um, you don't have to um, just push it out there um, all at once. Um, you can you can stay up people to have options, but it is the way of the future. I, I can see in the next, especially 20 years, that is going to be um, probably used by every um, state um, in the uh, in the U.S. It is high technology, but the problem with technology is sometimes technology can fail. Uh, a question I would have is, what about battery failure? What about uh, the electronics simply not working the way that it should? What about security? Can these things be hacked? Absolutely. Anything technically, you know, can um, um, be hacked. And so at the end of the day, let's let's deal with if it's if some type of failure, even if it failed, your splicing plate number would still show. 
even in the, in the, even in the digital um, part of the um, um, failure, if there was if there was one. But there's there is such great technology that 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 probability is really low. But anything technical, we've we've seen people hack the Pentagon. Come on, so if the Pentagon has been hacked, you know anything can be. But what you want to do is make sure you can keep cybersecurity in place so that you can be able to detect and, and protect people as, as, as much as possible. And so I, I think it's, it, it, yeah, there's as a small trade-off, but I think from a cost benefit standpoint, the, the benefit outweigh the cost. Do you have any sense of how much it would cost to do that transfer from one technology to the other, or from the plates, the metal plates? To- Yes, we're still we're, we're still working through those numbers from a, a state standpoint, but I will tell you that um, from 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 the people getting them, it's a over five year period. It's like a two hundred to two hundred and fifty dollars cost savings based on the rates that we're paying now of one hundred and fifty one dollars um, a year. And so and so, if we do that, it's a cost savings to the residents. The cost to um, transfer it out and do all that. Um, again, I have to get into the Secretary of State's office, as I've always learned as an account, you don't assume because you don't, you never know what you get with until you get into there and see, and then we'll look at those numbers and present those at that, at that time. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's That Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. My guest is Alderman David Moore, candidate for Illinois Secretary of State, and we are recording this interview via Zoom conferencing. I want to ask you one other question about this, and that is about the field that you're running in. Um, it is a wide field of candidates. You've got another alder person, uh, Pat Dow. You've got the city clerk, Anna Valencia, whose office also revolves around uh, customer service. And you've got Alexi Janulius, the uh, former state treasurer, who frankly has raised more money than all the rest of the field combined. How do you break out in a field like that? Again, on a smaller scale, but on a yet a larger scale, the same thing was said to me when I was alderman. And I would tell you this, and as I told you at the beginning, this there's two sides of this. For me, it's more of a faith walk than anything. The same God that I trusted when I ran for alderman is the same God that I'm trusting now. Um, we, we've got a great team together, you know, um, uh, Delmarie Cobb is my campaign strategist, one of the smartest um, women in this um, field, and, and and so as we and as we just build this team, but what's breaking us through is that young people believe in me because I believe in them, and so this this thing is about giving a voice for our young people. What what for me more than anything, what what we're breaking out at is that for me we could talk about technology. We could talk about um, um, customer service. We could talk about efficiencies, use all of those words. But who are giving our young people a voice and a seat at the table? The only person that's been doing this in this field consistently is Alderman David Moore. Not only as an alderman, but I'll do it as, as, as Secretary of State. One of the things I talked about is that of the 122 facilities throughout the state, I'm gonna create 122 youth engagement offices. And, and, and that'll be supported by private dollars. So we won't have to spend a lot of public money on it. One of the things we get the attention of our, our, our young people is that when they're what? Getting their driver's license. You, you, their first civic responsibility, even before voting, 
is getting their driver's license. You have their attention at that time. And we have to be able to continue to engage our young people, not only from the driving standpoint, but even the efficiencies and the ideas they've given me in terms of expanding and making our libraries more useful for them through virtual reality and everything like that so we can get them back into the libraries. And so giving them a voice, giving them a seat at the table, trusting them, and that's, and that's what separates me from all of them. And our young people are hearing that, they're listening, they're coming on board on, uh, on my team, and, and they know that, unlike many others, they know I'm a selfless person. They know this is not about another seat for me because I'm truly happy where I am. Again, if God wouldn't, move, wouldn't have moved me, I would not be running for this seat. But I have to continue to raise my voice to make sure these young people's voices are heard and that they have a seat at the table um, so they can see themselves, whether in an elected seat, whether in a policy seat, whether in a management seat, so they can see themselves and feel like they don't have to have the big dollars and the big names behind them to do it. Because guess what? The average person normally don't, Craig. They do not. And so I want our young people to get more and more involved and know that they, hey, I can do this too. One thing young people are learning more about right now is Jean-Baptiste Pont de Sable. Uh, some people are hearing the name a lot for the for one first of the time. first times. Um, but and now we do have officially Dusable Lakeshore Drive. It was a lot of debate, some complaints along the lakefront, a compromise finally. How do you feel about the way that it's worked out up to now and how it's being executed? You know, I, I feel good about it. The, the, the numerous phone calls that I'm getting, and again, it's the excitement about our youth, um, starting even with um, when I first introduced this ordinance. And I, I don't know if I told this on one of your shows before, but I got a call um, from two different schools, Stag Elementary in Inglewood, and um, uh, I think it was Powell Elementary um, in, in Lake, on, on South Shore Drive. When I went to Powell, um, the kids were upset, <laughs> actually. Um, and that's what they teachers said um, when they first heard about me um, renaming um, 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 Lakeshore Drive to John Baptiste Point Salvo Drive. And it was like, who is this person talking about renaming our street? We don't want our street renamed. And they said, who is this DuSable person anyway? So the teacher began to explain to them, oh my gosh, did they get excited. That's why they invited me to the school. And they told me their stories and their testimonies. And they were so excited and they were on board with that. The same thing at Stag. When you go to Stag, they have done a, a full mural um, not just a painting mural, but one of mosaic of, of all um, Black um, Chicago history from DuSable all the way up to um, Barack Obama. And then I think they were starting another one to show up to Mayor Lori Lightfoot. It's about Black Chicago history. And so when kids get that engaged, that's that excitement that drove me to want to continue to push for this. But then not only that, when we talk about immigrant community, unfortunately, it, Everybody always, when they hear immigrants, the first thing they do, unfortunately, is always go to the Mexican community. They think the Mexican community, automatically, everybody's been guilty of that. But people don't know that the Haitian community, the Africa diaspora, all of those communities are important communities within our city. And what this did and meant for the Haitian community and people from the African diaspora meant so much to a people that's always in the shadows of not only Americans, of not only um, um, Mexican Americans, they're always in a shadow of all immigrants. 
And so, and so this has even brought them out, have given them a voice, their children who are our children um, and their families. And so I am so excited about this, but for the city as a whole, just take it off of ethnicity. When people are listening and talking and people thought um, Kenzie was the founder. I've heard people say that. Why are you talking about Jean-Baptiste Point du Sable being the, um, the seller and the founder of what Kenzie was? No, Kenzie brought his house from Jean-Baptiste Point du Sable. What Kenzie did, what people don't know, committed the first murder in Chicago. He killed his wife, but he already had a street name after him. And so this was such an educational process for so many people. And what I talk, what I talked about is that this is being a, about taking a drive along unity, a drive along bringing people together. And so, and so, and so when you take a drive along unity drive, which is now uh, John Baptiste Point du Sable Drive, it connects the north um, to the south and it connects the south to the north, especially as the mayor is now still talking about doing the par possible park as well as the river walk. And so all of those things it, it is, a, is a testament, and I think, not not think, I know it's good for our city, as I know people have called me and said, you know what, I didn't know about the DuSable Museum, and, and many people from north and other areas have now gone to the DuSable Museum as they're celebrating their um, um, 50th anniversary. In the few minutes we have left, I want to talk about uh, a subject that uh, is not as, uh, as joyful as that, uh, gun crimes. Have, uh, have really grabbed the attention of everyone around, in and around Chicago. How comfortable are you with the way that the Chicago Police Department and the administration are approaching gun violence as we go into this, these summer months? First, let's start. You, you, you're talking to from a young man who came up in Robert Taylor Homes, then moved to Inglewood. This thing is not just a Chicago issue, it's a national issue. But first of all, let me tell you, in the 80s and even in the 90s, there were more murders, which is not a comfort. I'm just letting you know that. But guess where it was mostly happening at? In the Robert Taylor homes where I grew up at and where my family lived. And so everybody's saying that's their problem. And so people were not putting resources and, and, and looking at these issues, or even in Inglewood, when back in the day, a little bit, when people were saying that was their problem. Now it's hitting all over Chicago. This is a national issue and you have to be intentional, just like they were intentional about slavery, just like they were intentional about um, Jim Crow, just like they were intentional about redlining. You have to be intentional about investing these dollars and, and rebuilding our communities. If you're not doing that and then putting these resources and wraparound resources in our families, even to the point intentional where people, mothers were on public aid, fathers was coming back from the army and they couldn't be in the same household destroying families. All of this was governmentally intentional. And so it has to be government intentional from the national level first. Other than that, anything at the local level, Craig, is a Band-Aid. It's a Band-Aid. So let's be real about that. And so, and so anything at the local level and to the national um, resources come here, uh, then anything at the local level, it helps a little, but it's a Band-Aid. But now let me take a leap here and I'm gonna uh, suggest that if you go down your, your street and talk to people, they uh, hear you when you say, get more investment in the community, but then they say, but what's gonna happen this summer? Absolutely. What can we do this summer? Because they don't want they don't want to hear about something that's going to take two years. They want right. to hear about what you can do to protect people 
this summer, what needs, what does the city need to do? Thank you. So let me tell you in the 17th Ward, um, and I got the numbers from CPD and you can you can look them up. Before the July 4th weekend, the 17th Ward um, shootings were down 53% from 2016 to 2021. David, why was shooting down 53%? Because as an alderman, I work with my different organizations. It's not a big I, a little you. I'm out there in the streets. I'm out there driving at night, um, identifying the hotspots, calling the police at night. I have a good partnership with a Reverend Flager who's, who's doing his work um, that he does in Auburn Gresham. I got a good relationship with the Greater Southwest Development Corporation and, and, and other organizations in Chicago Lawn, as well as Teamwork Inglewood and Rage um, to help all of us help doing our part. And so in the 17th Ward, when, you, when I'm engaged, I get fully engaged. Now, what I will say this, and I'm going on record and saying it because, I, you know, I can't play. We lost a lot of institutional knowledge in that police department when a lot of people left. A lot of people left and we lost a lot of intentional institutional knowledge. We have some good people there, don't get me wrong, but a lot of those people were not there and don't know. And that's a problem in itself. And so, and so, so we lost some of that institutional knowledge. And so as we now, uh, as CPD under Brown is, you know, regrouping, doing what they need to do. Um, um, I, I think we're, we're gonna continue um, to, to, to get there. But again, until we get those resources, it's a Band-Aid approach. And, and we gotta make sure uh, each person is diligent and looking in their areas and doing whatever they can. That's going to be the final word. That is Chicago Alderman David Moore, who's been a community organizer his entire life. He is now a candidate for Illinois Secretary of State. Thank you for spending the half hour with me. Uh, to our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. There should be a link a little ways down the homepage. You can also find our podcasts on odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh. 